All right, it is first Samoose, Patrick, Manny, and myself are here for U92 the Moose, previewing the Super Bowl and going over some regular season awards. But first, let's start with the big game coming up this Sunday, February 13th. Got a great halftime show. Also, I think this is, I think just collectively everyone agrees that this is going to be the, the best halftime show probably in a while. But we're here to talk about football. And one of the big things is the QB matchup. And I wanted to ask both of you, who do you think will play better in this this Super Bowl? Is it Matthew Stafford or Joe Burrow? That's really tough just to start off the show. Uh, I don't know. I would I would probably just say Stafford, just right just right off the top of my head, because um I think there's a lot more going up against Joe Burrow than Matthew Stafford. I know both of them have, like, this is both of their first Super Bowls. You got a guy that's been in the league forever and the guy and another guy that's been this is his second year. But uh, first Super Bowl for both. And I think, I just think Joe Burrow has a lot more firsts to, uh, to go through. This is his first playoffs, his uh, first Super Bowl. And this overall first team, first his, uh, Zach Taylor's first Super Bowl. There's a lot of firsts going on with this team. And I just, I just don't see it really playing in their favor as much. I know they've kind of surprised everybody and it seems like they just aren't really affected by all that. They like, don't know how good they can be. They're just playing. But I just think at, at this point at the final game of the season in the Super Bowl, I think it'll kind of just kind of set in for them. Once they start playing, kind of realize like the magnitude of the game of just the talent out there. I think this offense will kind of be slowed down a little bit where you guys, where you have guys on the other side, like Aaron Donald's been here already. Von Miller's won one already. Jalen Ramsey hasn't, has been close to one in the AFC, but hasn't actually gone there yet. But he's got a ton of experience. All these guys just kind of, they know what they're doing already at this point. And Matthew Stafford, again, this is his first uh, Super Bowl, but he's been around long enough to know how, uh, how to manage his nerves, kind of manage his team and lead his team. So I just think they they give me more confidence at this point leaning into this game where with the Bengals, I'm not really sure of it uh, right now. Look, I love the Bengals, and I think Joe Burrow's a great talent, and I think he's a likely candidate to take over the NFL now that Brady's retired. But I just don't think this Bengals team is built – to go up against a team like the Rams. I think that the Rams have a lot of talent on both the offensive and the defensive side. When you have someone like Matthew Stafford, like you talked about, Manny, both both quarterbacks, first time in the playoffs and first time ever making it this far for Stafford, that's for sure. So I think you can't really say the, you can't say playoff experience because both of them, this is their first time. But I think the fact of the matter is, is that Stafford has been in the league for so long and he's built up such a reputation and he's built his skills and he's he's built his entire career up to this moment, including when he decided to go to the Rams last season in the trade. So as much as I want to say Joe Burrow and Cincinnati, the Cincinnati Bengals end up winning the Super Bowl on Sunday night, I just I can't see it. I, I I hate going against them because I would I think everyone deserves to see Cincinnati win. I think that would just be a great thing for the city of Cincinnati, for Bengals fans, and I think for the NFL as well, just to have, you know, a different team win it for once. I mean, this is the what this is the first time that the Bengals or not the Bengals, the Chiefs 
or the Buccaneers haven't won in like what, three or four years at this point. So I think it's going to be tough, but I'm going to go with the Rams. I think Stafford is just the more experienced player and that's not discounting Joe Burrow, but I do think Matthew Stafford being the more experienced player has more weapons as well at his disposal on offense and his defense as good as the Bengals defense is the Rams defense has the name brand players on the team that can make a difference when they need to make a difference. So I'm going to go with the Rams in this one, but I think it's going to be probably one of the best QB matchups in the Super Bowl we've, we've seen in a long time. And just looking at kind of some very simple stats overall points per game, for both these teams, actually exactly 27.1 points allowed per game. Uh, Rams allow 18-ish and Bengals allow allow 19. Total yards, uh, Rams 386, Bengals 385. Yards passing, Rams 287, Bengals 282. And then yards rushing, both basically at 100. Just shows you offensively, they're pretty much exactly the same. Defense, Rams defense is a little bit better. They allow about 100 yards less than the Cincinnati's Bengals overall, especially in that, that run game. is uh, They only allow 54 rush yards a game compared to uh, the Bengals allowing 127 rush yards. But looking at these overall teams, I guess for each of you here, what is a player that besides, you know, the, the Joe Burrow, the Matthew Stafford, that you expect to have a, a big game this uh, this Sunday. Now, it might necessarily not lead their team to winning, like Jamar Chase could have a big game, but they end up losing. But who's just an impact player uh, this coming Super Bowl? I think it could be on the Bengals side more than more than the Rams. I think it'll – I want to say T. Higgins, but I think that's kind of still a little bit, like, obvious out there. I think I'm going to go with Tyler Boyd. I think just – he plays in the slot most of the time, and obviously with – the situation with CJ Uzama maybe not being there. I haven't read about if he's going to play or not. Um, but I think that'll be a big loss for them, obviously. And that so you need somebody in there to kind of like just those gritty routes, those like check down routes for Joe Burrow to have like and now if there's if Jamar Chase is being doubled and then T Higgins after coming off of that big game is now gaining more attention over to his side. You need somebody there for Joe Burrow to kind of just look for like, hey, this guy most of the time will be open. I might not go to him every time, but I know he's there. I know I could rely on him. And I think we haven't seen a big game really in these playoffs from Tyler Boyd. I don't know how many targets, receivers he's gotten, but I think this could be this could be a, his chance to kind of have this big breakout game and kind of make this game a lot closer than uh, a lot of people probably anticipate it to be. Uh, if he has a big game, I anticipate him giving, getting over like 10 receptions, maybe close to 100 yards or something crazy like that. I think he, again, this is like his chance to make make a name for himself, kind of step into this role and really be a viable option for Joe Burrow where he doesn't have to look towards T. Higgins and Jamar Chase. Because I think everyone's going to be looking towards them. A lot of talk is Jamar versus Jalen Ramsey, and they might double him and might not even put Jalen Ramsey on him if he doesn't even travel a lot. So I think that just opens up the window for Tyler Boyd a lot more. And I think he'll... He'll have a big game, and I think the the Rams will struggle early on trying to guard him uh, and to see where he lines up and everything like that. Yeah, so I have, for me, for the Bengals, I mean, beside, obviously, besides, like, the, the big names, Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase, uh, again, like you talk about, C.J. Uzama is still questionable, I think, at the moment to play in the Super Bowl. 
I would say for the Bengals, my I would say my impact player is going to be Trey Hendrickson. He's one of the best. He's quickly become one of the best DNs, I think, in the league, maybe like a top 10, top 15 player. And he's really made an impact throughout this playoffs. And we've talked about his name a lot and teams have had to adjust to him and, you know, sometimes had to double team him, which, you know, leaves, you know, Logan Wilson to come down the middle or one of the other DNs to come come around and sack Matt Stafford in this case. So. I think Trey Hendrickson is in line for another big game. And I think, again, he, if I'm not mistaken, I think he was with the Saints last year and they were, they just didn't re-sign him. And I think they're, you know, they're kicking themselves in the butt, even though they're in a bad financial state. He's played exceptionally well throughout the season. Now I think the Bengals got a steal in him. And I think he is going to have another good game for the Rams, again, like you have like the big names, Von Miller, Aaron Donald, Jalen Ramsey, Matt Stafford, Cooper Cup, you go on and on. It's tough to me. It's I don't know if there's really like a off the top of my head, if there's really like a I would say Von Miller. I'll say Von Miller is gonna be my impact player just because again, he's not the same player that we saw five, six years ago when he was arguably the best defensive player if not one of the top five best players in the nfl he's regressed a fair amount but he's still one of the best he's still an incredible talent and really just a generational player who potentially could be on his way to the hall of fame if all the cards go right in la i think von miller is gonna have to have a good game because aaron donald hasn't always showed up throughout this playoffs whether that's from you know just himself or him getting double teamed or sometimes getting triple teamed. So I think Von Miller is going to have to have a good game in order to get some type of pass rush onto Joe Burrow. Cause the Titans proved if you have a decent defensive line, you're going to get a lot of pressure on Joe Burrow, but you just got to make sure you prevent those long, those long plays where, you know, you're going to, you're getting beat over the top for, 30, 40 yards. The Titans allowed that a couple of times and it burnt them in the end. So I think the Rams have a good defense. They have a good game plan in place. And I think Von Miller is going to have to be that impact player for the Rams. We can move on to our official picks. I think oh, I'm going to be cheering for the Cincinnati Bengals, to be honest. I'm going pretty hard for them. Uh, but I'm going to pick the Rams. I think they're overall just a uh, a better team, I think, uh, even though I think it would be great if uh, Joey Burrow goes off and beats Stafford. But I think I'm going to just go with the reliable option, the people that have been there. You know, both of you guys kind of talked about that. I know it's not – Stafford doesn't have huge experience. Uh, Sean McVay doesn't have huge experience, but they have more experience, and I think that matters. There's just more people on that side that have been in bigger games. I mean, Von Miller's been in the game like this before and, and won a game like this before. And there's just players that have been around longer that I think are going to be able to come up clutch in this big moment. And it's at your home stadium. Hopefully they'll be able to get most of their fans in there. Obviously we, we don't know if that'll actually happen, but uh, I think it just looks like a Rams victory here for me. I think the defense is solid enough. We'll be able to stop Joe Burrow in some key situations and Stafford uh, is going to get his first Super Bowl, but, I will be cheering like crazy for the Bengals. Who do you have, Manny? 
I'm going to also go with the uh, the Rams. I think uh, I talked about it before, just the experience plays a big part. And not only just the, the players, obviously, is most of how this game is dictated. But I think uh, not as much talked to a point of, of this is how the coach's experience plays into it and how well they make decisions, how well they call plays, what personnel they send out there. I think it's going to be not all tre- tremendously overwhelming for Zach Taylor, but just Again, being in his first Super Bowl, his third year now, uh, the head coach of the Bengals, I think it will be a lot to take in at, at the start when Sean McVay has already been here. He's gone up against probably the best coach of all time in Bill Belichick in that Super Bowl, and it was very close. Very boring, but very close uh, Super Bowl. Uh, so Sean McVay has, at such a young age, has already gotten a lot of experience, a lot of learning points, a lot of losses that he's got to deal with and gone over. So I think that's a big part of it, and that'll dictate a lot of how the these, these games are made and how these big decisions, possibly fourth downs, third downs are played out going for it, uh, which ones takes more risks. I think a lot of that, we'll see a lot of that, and I think Zach Taylor just kind of, won't be ready for it. And I think Sean McVay will, will show why he's uh, he's one of the top coaches in this league and why his team is so well, well disciplined and organized in these big games so far. Yeah. I mean, as much as I want to say, I want to go with the Rams in this case, I don't know if we can do a clean sweep here with the Rams. I really, I mean, like you said, Connor, I'm rooting hard for the Bengals. I hope to God they win the Super Bowl. Because again, the city, the fan base, I mean, I think the NFL needs the needs the Bengals to win it because it adds in a level of uniqueness and really just a different team that wins it. Because the Bengals have never won it, and it's not the Chiefs, the Buccaneers, the Patriots, it's not whoever, it's none of those teams. It's the Bengals, the team who has been a bottom dweller for practically our entire lives. So, I'm rooting extremely hard for the Bengals. Again, it's it's tough because you want it's hard to root against either team because you have Matthew Stafford, who large I mean, in large part, he wasted a majority of his career in Detroit. And again, what we talked about it last week, he's one of the great he will probably be one of the greatest what if stories of all time in the NFL, just because in his first season in L.A. with a good head coach not really a good head coach because he had a couple of good ones in Jim Caldwell, but I, it's hard to root against either team. It really is, but I'm going to have to go with my original pick with the Rams. I think they're just like you, like you guys said, I think they're the more complete team on offense and on defense. And I think you have the name brand stars. Like you talked about Von Miller has already been in the Super Bowl before, won it when he was, I think, one or two years into the league, if I'm not mistaken. So he has that experience already. And with the Bengals, they really, I don't think they have maybe more than three, four players who have been even this far in the playoffs, much less previous playoff experience. So I think I'm going to go with the Rams, but I think the Bengals are definitely going to be one of the top contenders in the AFC for the next five to 10, five to 10 years in the, in the NFL. All right. Well, there is our Super Bowl picks for LVI or Super Bowl 56. We can move on to the regular season awards. We can start with MVP. And now this is a little weird because they they vote on this right after 
the uh, the season ends, 50 voters, and then they they don't announce it till the night before the Super Bowl. So I think sometimes, a lot of times, people want to consider what's going on in the playoffs. And I understand that because it's part of the what's going on and what's most recent in memory. But saying all that, I had a struggle here. I think to me, I was just trying to decide between for MVP, Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady. Um, and that was, that was my biggest thing. Obviously I'm a Packers fan, so I want to go Rodgers. And it seemed like the narrative was around Rodgers for, for a while. And they seem like they liked him, but Brady has really good numbers. Brady has great numbers. He leads the league in yards, touchdowns, obviously retired. No one knew that when they voted on this, but I could definitely see him walking away, but I think I'll stick with it. Even though if I was voting now, I would vote for Brady, but I think how the voters went, they probably vote for Rogers, but I think Brady was a close second. So I'll go MVP. Aaron Rodgers gets his third MVP. I think that was a good point you brought up there, how, how um, they just vote for it right after it. And I think it's, it's weird with Tom Brady and the point of uh, retiring, how he plays a bit, a little bit of a role in it. Cause nobody thought he'd retire now. Um, I think It'll, that just made me think of the idea that these voters, if they knew obviously about the retirement, that they probably this this award would probably would have gone to Brady if they knew he was going to retire after the season, just because they would have wanted to send him off with that last MVP. But again, they voted right after the regular season, and uh, I'm going to say it'll probably be Rogers. I think for all the talk that people um, bring up with Brady, how he's 45 and he's still doing it at this level. Aaron Rodgers is 38 years old. And I know that's seven years apart, but doing it at 38 isn't really that much easier than doing it at 45. Doing it at 38 is still extremely hard. And these two guys are probably the only two guys that we'll see in a long time to be doing it for this long of a time. So I think he's got that to play on. He's he had over 4,000 yards and only uh four interceptions and 37 touchdowns. So that's that was just uh, ridiculous from him. And he had the best record. His team had the best record in the NFL. So I think that also should play a role in it. And I think just overall, all that stuff, I think is why Rodgers will probably end up winning it uh, over Brady. Yeah, again, it's really just between these two. I really don't think there's much, much else, much other players that have a chance at this. I mean, again, you could say in the regular season, if we're talking about it, Jonathan Taylor was definitely a strong contender for a majority of the season, but this is a QB driven league and this is a QB's award pretty much every year. It's hard for any other players to win this. As much as I want to say it's going to be Brady, and I think that it would be, I think, you know, you could be in the right mind to say it's Brady. I think that given what we saw on the field performance wise from Aaron Rodgers and what he did this season, I think he I think he is probably going to win the MVP. It obviously, he had a tumultuous seat, tumultuous season off the field and was lambasted by practically every person in the media on the field. He played I mean, he played just as well his as he's ever played, if not even better than some, you know, even better than some seasons. So I'm going to say Rodgers. I would love to say Brady, which is weird saying I want Brady to win MVP, but I think Rodgers wins the MVP. And again, it adds to the accolades that he's trying to build up going into potential, going into potentially one of the toughest decisions the hall of fame has to make. 
Yeah, it's definitely a uh, an interesting one for the MVP this year. So it seems like we're all in a grill. Could go either way. We think Rodgers will win it, but uh, no one's going to be shocked if, if Brady wins MVP this year. But let's move on to offensive player of the year. And I was kind of stuck between Cooper Cup and Jonathan Taylor here. Uh, and I'm going to go Cooper Cup. I think Cooper Cup had an amazing season, uh, led that offense pretty much uh, when um, Woods went down for the Rams and he kept it going. He's uh, made just the transition for Stafford very easy. I mean, they didn't have a run game for most of the season. I would say they had a pretty average one. And he's highlighted in every single game. He's going to matter in the Super Bowl run, and he's the reason why they're so good in the regular season. And, I mean, you just – you go watch. He's got crazy yak numbers. I mean, I think he's easily offensive player of the year right there with Jonathan Taylor. But uh, I'm leaning Cooper Cup. It, this would be a lot tougher of a decision, I think, if these two, Jonathan Taylor and Cooper Cup, didn't have the numbers. Just absolutely ridiculous numbers from both of them. Cooper Cup was so close to breaking two of the toughest probably records in the whole NFL. He was just 17 yards off of Calvin and then like a couple receptions off of Michael Thomas's. And then Jonathan Taylor just put up a bunch of touchdowns, I think like 18 rushing touchdowns. And then just the yards, he had almost 2,000, if not 2,000. I'm not sure exactly, but if they didn't have those numbers, I think it would be a lot more closer with uh, those two and Debo Samuel. If I would, uh, my pick would for this award would probably be Debo just because I really want him to win it because everybody talks about now, obviously, that he's that the season's over, how he kind of changed, he kind of made up his own position, this wide receiver running back. He, he had a, he was in the top five of receiving yards and he had, I think, like close to 800, 900, some, something like that yards. Uh, rushing or something crazy like that. It was, it was just crazy to see how he changed the position. Just did he did everything for that team? And w- even though everybody kind of knew what he was doing, what Kyle Shannon wanted to do with him, they couldn't stop him because he would line up anywhere, literally anywhere you could put him. He would be, he was able to do it and do it well. A lot of people line up at these positions but aren't really that effective. He was just as effective as really the mid tier running backs would be. Um, he would be my pick. I would love to see him win it, but I realistically, I would probably think they'd give it a to Cup just because his numbers were were outstanding. Probably nobody will probably have those records in a long time. Yeah, again, like you guys said, this is going to be probably one of the toughest decisions that the NFL honors has had to make, just because both of these players had arguably some of the best seasons that both of their positions have ever seen. Jonathan Taylor rushed for 1,800 yards, 330-plus carries, and 20 total touchdowns. Cop had like 1,947, I think like double-digit touchdowns. It might be closer to like 1819, if I'm not mistaken. It's tough because when you look at how how both of these players – played they carried their team for a majority of the season you look at Jonathan Taylor without Jonathan Taylor the Colts would not have won as many games I mean the Patriots game they would not have won that without him he he is a transcendent generational talent and I think he's going to be a great running back but at the same time Cooper Cup is just 
again, coming out of Eastern Washington, nobody thought he was going to be this good. For whatever reason, Sean McVay thought he was going to be good. And it's honestly, it's turned into an absolute steal for the Rams. And he's become a top three, top five wide receiver, in my opinion. As much as I want to give Jonathan Taylor the MVP because I think he deserves it, I think just with how much attention Cooper Cup got this year, being in L.A., one of the biggest media markets in the entire country, if not the entire world, playing for the Rams, playing for, you know, playing in the new one of the newest stadiums in the NFL, all that attention is going to give Cooper Cup the MVP or not the MVP, the offensive player of the year. I think that he just had, even though both of them had great seasons, Cooper Cup just, I think he really transcended the NFL and became one of the breakout stories of this season. Defensive player of the year. I think this one's a little bit easier. Uh, just a little bit north of us in Pittsburgh, TJ Watt, I think is uh, the one that should win the award and the one that will win the award, to be honest. And it's it's been Aaron Donald's award for, for a while now, and obviously it deserves to be in the competition. But what TJ Watt did this year, this season, and um, I think he deserves it, to be honest. And I am still frustrated that the Packers traded back that season to uh, grab Kevin King, and I'll never not be mad about that. But uh, – Anyway, T.J. Watt, great defensive player of the year for 2021 regular season. Yeah, there's nothing much to say, I think, really, at least for me. I think it, uh, it has to be T.J. Watt. Uh, just tying that record, 22 and a half. He should have broke it. Uh, I always say that. But just to tie to get in the 20s, it's just ridiculous. It's, it's really something that a lot of people don't talk about with these guys like Aaron Donald, T.J. Watt, and Miles Garrett, too. Even Robert Quinn was up there too. Great season from him. But I think this is just his award. He's been around the he's been one or two finished finished runner for a couple of years. But I think this will be his year. He'll finally win his first one uh over Aaron Donald. You know, I don't really think this is Aaron Donald. I don't think it's between Aaron Donald and TJ Watt. It's between TJ Watt and Micah Parsons. Now, I think we'll get into defensive rookie in the year, but I think Micah is a guaranteed pick to win that. For defensive player of the year, yeah. I mean, it's hard to go against T.J. Watt with the season that he put up for the Steelers, tying Strahan's record, and honestly, probably, I mean, if he probably could have gotten it if he had maybe, you know, it'll always be an asterisk just because of the extra game. I think it'll always be there. But the just the performances that he had week in, week out, every single week this season, I think T.J. Watt, definitely deserves to finally win his first defensive player of the year. But Micah Parsons has given him an incredible challenge, but TJ Watts can end up winning his first, I think, in my opinion. So I'm going to go with you guys. Offensive rookie of the year. Now the, the last 14 seasons, um, 13 of those years, it went to the NFC until Justin Herbert broke that last year, which Pretty crazy, but I think it's going to stay in the AFC. I'm going Jamar Chase here. He had a, a breakout season. He's he's a stud. I mean, what can you say? I think it's hilarious that in the, the beginning of the year, there was those reports that he couldn't see the football. And it's uh, very funny to look back on. I mean, I kind of bought into it. I was like, wow, 
man, can this kid not catch? I, I, I drafted him in fantasy. I was, I was getting very frustrated. I was like, goodness, we're, we're going to suck in fantasy this year. But he turned out to be great. Very happy with that. Very happy for Jamar Chase and Joe Burrow. And I think it's kind of a done deal. I don't think there's really anyone else uh, from my perspective that can compete with him. I know there's a couple other names, but I think Jamar Chase leads the pack on the offensive side for rookies. Definitely. Uh, I would say the same. Jamar Chase has just been played beyond anybody's expectations going into this season. And uh, I thought it would have been the most Bengals thing ever to draft the guy that literally couldn't see the ball and couldn't catch the ball for his life with the number five or four pick, whatever they had. Um, but he proved me wrong. I'm going to hate watching him for like the next like 10 years or something like that. If he stays with the Bengals, which he probably will. Um, but it's, I'm going to hate watching him, but I'm also going to enjoy watching a guy who plays the wide receiver position with such ease, it seems, in his first year. And just to think that he could get so much better for however long he plays is it's very scary for not just the division, but for the whole AFC to have to deal with this guy going forward. But he'll definitely win this award, really. I think it's no, no contest. Yeah, I mean, I would actually add in Mac Jones to this. I think Mac Jones had a fantastic rookie season again, dropping down all the way to the Patriots at the 15th pick was a bit of a, you know, it was a shocker for a lot of people because everyone thought he was going to go to the 49ers at three. And, you know, honestly, I feel like it's wor- it worked out for both teams. 49ers got Trey Lance. And even though he really didn't play that much this year, he will be the starter next year. I think Jimmy G will be traded. I'm, I'm almost certain that's going to happen. Mac Jones had a had honest I mean again he had, we talked about it at the beginning of the season he was going to be probably the best rookie quarterback to come out of this class because he had one of the best play callers the NFL has ever seen in Josh McDaniels and the greatest head coach the NFL has ever seen in Bill Belichick and just the support system and what they built up there was the perfect situation for him going from you know arguably the greatest college football program of all time in Alabama to the greatest NFL team of all time, the Patriots, was the perfect transition. But it's so hard to root against Jamar Chase. I mean, again, like you thought, like I bought into it too, Connor. I mean, when people said he couldn't see the ball, like, yeah, that's that's pretty scary. Like that's a, you know, it's definitely not something that you hear every day. Is that a, you know, maybe it's just a vision thing or whatever. We all thought, I mean, we all bought into it. We were like, why? This doesn't make any sense. But at the same time, like this is like a, weird thing to think about but it's scary and obviously it didn't play any part in his season because he's in line to win offensive rookie of the year and I think just based off of the season I think he does win it and I think even if it was voted on later in the playoffs I think it would only further solidify his offensive rookie of the year I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go Jamar Chase like you said, Manny, he's the AFC is going to be the premier conference for the next five to 10 years. I think the AFC has just had the teams in that conference draft better than the NFC, in my opinion, and have built up these incredibly talented teams. So I'm excited to see Jamar Chase uh, tear up the Steelers defense for the, for the next five to 10 years. It's going to be fantastic. Uh, but yeah, I think Jamar Chase wins it this year and he's going to be in line for offensive player of the year next year. Defensive rookie of the year, Patrick threw this player's name into defensive player of the year, not just the rookie of the year. 
But I think it's Michael Parsons. I mean, I don't think there's really going to be any arguments against it being Michael Parsons. I mean, there are some other great players this year, like Patrick Sertain in Denver, but I just think Michael Parsons uh, stood above any of the competition this year. He's great. It looks like he's going to be a great linebacker in, in Dallas. And anytime you got a big uh, statistical season in Dallas or just a really big market in general, they're going to win the award. So it's, it's Micah Parsons. What surprised me the most, obviously, uh, I'm going to go with Michael Parsons as well, was that this guy was drafted to be kind of like one of the two linebackers in the, that Cowboys defense, but he rushed the passer just as well as any of their outside linebackers did. And he had, he had I think, the most sacks definitely on that team. I think he had like 14 or something, which was like top five, top six in the sack. Uh, leaders it's it was just outstanding to see how he just got to he played outside line for a, a few when uh when Gregory or uh, Lawrence wasn't wasn't healthy but he really just played everywhere all over that team and he was a very good pass co- coverage uh, linebacker as well he can really much do it all for them and it's I, one positive for the Cowboys the thing to take away from this season is that they drafted extremely well in drafting Michael Parsons so uh very well deserved award for him here and I think just the level he played compared to everybody else, I think just really middle of the season, I think this award really was his. So easy choice here again for, for Divas of Rookie of the Year. Yeah, like I, like I said, I mean, we t- I talked about it a couple of minutes ago. Micah Parsons, as much as I hate it, being a Penn State fan and then going to arguably the one team I hate the most in the world is the Cowboys. Seeing him play this season, honestly, I was not shocked. I knew he was good coming out of high school. I played against him in high school, and I knew he was he was a talented player and just a generational talent. Going to Penn State, we saw how well he played. And now in his first season with the Cowboys, he had arguably one of the best rookie rookie seasons for def- defense. Oh, God. Defensive rookie seasons we've ever seen is what I was trying to say. I think he, I mean, he guaranteed this is, I would be extremely shocked if they went anybody but Micah Parsons. He's locked this up and I think he's going to be a great linebacking talent for the Cowboys for the next 10 to 15 years, maybe five, we'll say five to 10 years to be more accurate. Comeback player of the year. It's going to be Dak Prescott probably, uh, but some other names you could throw in there is Joe Burrow, Nick Bosa. Uh, I think Prescott's going to win it, but I would prefer Joe Burrow to win it, to be honest, at this point. Um, but I don't know if if it'll happen just because, you know, they vote on it before the playoffs happen. I think if they vote it now, they're going Joe Burrow. I mean, they had both bad injuries, and Joe Burrow has led his team to a Super Bowl. But I think it'll probably be Dak Prescott just because the the media size in Dallas and how they follow the Cowboys. So Joe Burrow's who I want to win it, but I see Prescott taking home the award. Yeah, and other than that, I think it's just he's a quarterback. I think people just gravitate towards uh, with these awards, like a quarterback usually getting it if he's played well enough. And I think Dak played very well in uh, overall this whole season, and that offense was pretty pretty well for the duration of uh, these games. And I think, like, like you said, Connor, I think if it lasted up until now, it would hands down be Joe Burrows. Uh, Nick Bosch was also in there. He did – he had like 15 sacks this year, which was very well. But I think just he's a quarterback, Dallas, uh, just the attention they get, I think it'll go to him. And, uh, yeah, I think this these awards his. I think, again, like you talked about, like if you had to go off of 
the regular season and the playoffs, Joe Burrow, 100% wins comeback player of the year. It is tougher when you only think about it being in the regular season. I still think Joe Burrow wins comeback player of the year. As much as, you know, obviously I don't want Dak Prescott to win anything. I don't, I've never been a fan of him personally, just like off the field, on the field. I've never really been a fan of, you know, who he is as a person, but he is a great talent. Um, but I just can't see Joe Burrow not winning comeback player of the year after the way he played this season, the way he's led this team, you know, into the one of the their first Super Bowl in what 30 years, I think. And I mean, the closest chance they have to winning a Super Bowl. So I'm excited to see. I'm excited to see who ends up winning this. I think it go either way, either Dak Prescott or Joe Burrow. But I think it's going to go Joe Burrow just because of how he's led this team, this, this Bengals team, out of me- mediocrity into, you know, a AFC contender for the next five to ten years. So I, I'm going to go Joe Burrow with this one. I think he's got – I think he's going to win this one. But it, it could go either way. Let's move on to coach of the year. I'll be a homer. I want to go Matt LaFleur. Uh, I don't think he's going to win it, but uh, boy, oh boy, do I, do I wish he would win it. Um, I think maybe he can win it eventually. Who knows? Uh, the problem is he kind of just took over a, uh, Aaron. I know they were bad before he came. I'm Carthy. That's why he got fired. But uh, I just think the team's very good. So I don't think it all points to him being the, the reason and, you know, the, the special teams in a bite us in the butt, but uh, I, th- I think he's, he's in the odds every year. He's like in top three or top five every year. I just think there's better um, coach of the year to me is like a big narrative one per se. Cause there's everyone has like pretty similar records and whatnot. So I think it's, you know, who decides, so I think Rabel will win it or Zach Taylor probably, but I wish Matt LaFleur would win it, but uh, sneak in some good news for the Packers. They uh, just hired uh, Rich Masaccia for a special teams coordinator. So hopefully that fixes our issues. We'll see. He just seems like a good guy though. So that's, that's exciting for us. But anyway, coach of the year from you too. I would, I mean, I think before, I wish I knew or that I remembered that these awards were voted on like right as the regular season ended. Cause it, I kind of forgot and it kind of would have changed my position on this. I would have originally said, uh, Zach Taylor, um, because of obviously the job he's done with the Bengals and stuff like that. Matt LaFleur is in there too, just because of his record. And he did an exceptional job coaching that offense. That offense played uh, very well in part because of him and obviously with Aaron Rodgers there. But I think this award, in my uh, view of the situation, I think it'll go to Vrabel just because at the end of the regular season, they were the number one team. Not many people were really talking about him. Obviously, there was like the quote-unquote best team, best record in the AFC. Um, but I think a lot of people were still putting their attention on, uh, look what the Chiefs are doing. Don't Nobody don't nobody sleep on the uh, the Bengals. Well, what are the Patriots going to do? They're back in the playoffs. They, won, they were close to winning their division. The Bills, again, Josh Allen was playing great. But I think a lot of people with these picks especially want to be the ones to be like, Oh, don't look at uh look at the Titans. Someone's talking about them as their pick. So I think all that just combined into the uh, the idea that the Tennessee Titans overall had one of their best seasons in a while. And I think Rabel isn't really talked about as much. And I think he'll finally get some recognition here in winning this award, which is a pretty big award for 
a guy like Vrabel who took this job. And then I feel like a lot of people weren't really looking, uh, weren't really expecting much out of it with this hire, but he's proven a lot of people wrong. And I think uh, he's done a great job. And I think this is well-deserved out of the, uh, the three candidates here. Yeah, I think I'm going to go with Vrabel. I've honestly been a huge fan of him ever since he got hired in Tennessee. Uh, I've become a Titans fan as well, just from watching. I don't know if you guys listen to Taylor Lewan's podcast, The Tackle for the Titans. Love their podcast, and I've become a huge fan of the Titans as a result. Vrabel is honestly one of the – I think he's what the NFL needs in a head coach, bashful, like doesn't care – will yell at reporters, I, even though we're in the media. I I appreciate coaches like that who aren't afraid to take anything from, you know, anybody in the media, anything like that. I love coaches like that. And again, we have to talk about the Titans. They are in a smaller market in Nashville. But with the, what Vrabel did this year was almost unheard of, given that he used, I think, like 90 players this season, something like that, on the active roster. It was one of the most incredible feats of coaching I've ever seen in the NFL in my 20 years. And I think that the fact that even though you obviously it didn't end up working out in the playoffs and they got and they lost in the divisional, uh, I still think them getting the first seed in one of the most competitive AFCs, we uh, one of the most competitive years of the AFC we've ever seen. I think Vrabel deserves it. I, you know, I love Matt before. I think he's a great coach. And I think what he's done in, in Green Bay is certainly unheard of. He's the first coach to win 39 games, if I'm not mistaken, in his first three years. So he's had an incredible record. But I think that Vrabel, just what he did this season with the teams that he had at times, and he was able to still win, I think Vrabel is going to get this one. And I think it's extremely well-deserved. There it is, our Super Bowl 56 preview and our regular season awards. It's been a great year. I think we've got a really good chance to to end it with a really good Super Bowl, and that's exciting because sometimes there's a a huge favorite. Obviously, I think most people will will think the Rams are going to win, but I think people definitely believe the Bengals can can keep it close and, and keep it interesting, which hopefully they do. Maybe they win it. Who knows? But this has been First and Moose, Manny, Patrick, and myself on U92 The Moose. Thank you for listening as always.